0: Curve. Now, this is, this is fascinating, especially uh, in today's world. The knowledge doubling curve says that every 100 years, information doubles. So, back in the 1900s, knowledge doubled every 100 years. By 1945, knowledge doubled 25 years. And then in 1982, when he wrote this book, knowledge was, was doubling every 12 to 13 months that's that's pretty quick isn't it how much information the amount of information that we have to process Um, i looked online to have a look to see what that's what what the prediction is for today and in uh, 2020 ibm said knowledge and knowledge was doubling every 12 to 13 hours (laughs) so that's pretty amazing i would reckon probably if you even where we are now in two thousand twenty four, it's probably every every twelve to thirteen minutes because our phones are right by, we're just sitting looking at information. But as I said, information is key. And when it comes to God's word, this is our filter. You see we have a we we've we've been commissioned as as Christians to to filter out all the information and just stick to this word—it's this Bible we call truth. You know, I, when I think of today's world and we talk about a filter, uh, a filter's usually like something on Snapchat for the kids, isn't it? It's where, uh, like, when my wife says, "Come and take a take a selfie," and we take a selfie and you look at it, you go, "I look like an elf." You know, it, it, it smooths your complexions, gives you the, the, the bright blue eyes or a blue and a brown eye in my case, quite unique. <laughs> um, and, it, and it applies these filters or it gives you little butterflies and stuff. But uh, for me, I'm an engineer, so for me, a filter is something that's in an engine. It's a filter that filters the oil. It filters why? It removes particles that, that stick together, that clump together. That, uh, that cause blockages, that cause damage, damages to an engine. And My word, <laughs> this is a filter, isn't it? The word of God is how we can get all this information where people say this and people say that, but we, we, we go back to, to God's truth and to his word. I think when you talk to people and they say what sort of age we're living in, they say we're living in a post, post, post-truth age where truth doesn't matter anymore, where it's my opinion wins. Whoever can shout the loudest wins. But it actually says uh, in John John 8, Jesus is talking to the disciples, and he says, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen. You know, in context, uh, Jesus is speaking to the Jewish nation, and he's speaking to them because they have a lot of knowledge, but they had all that knowledge, but they didn't see the Messiah. You know, he was inviting them into an experience. He was inviting them into a reality that they knew about and they'd been waiting for. But this sort of brings me on to my, on to my third point. To truly know something means that you haven't simply heard it and agreed with the word, but you have experienced exp- experientially entered into the truth by a planet to your day-to-day life. It's where the information you receive transforms you, going from your head to your heart. I sort of mentioned that a bit more when I was talking about um, the Hestlers and the the head-to-heart journey. See, my third point, we've already had uh, isolation. The second point, we had information. And the third point then, I want to talk about is spectating. And I don't think I really need to labor on spectating. We all sort of grasp what spectating is. It's like not really getting involved. It's like sitting on the sidelines, be that through injury, be that through uh, stubbornness, be that through lack of ability, be that through no motivation, no confidence. You see, I think this is where the enemy... tries, but as we've covered in our No Normal series, we, we do a lot of it to ourselves, where we say, there's lack, there's lack, we can't do this, we can't do that. But God's all about imparting. He's all about imparting the good stuff into us. And uh, as I say, we want to do it God's way and not the world's way. So in the final uh, bit of verse 5 and 6, Paul was preaching about it's in the light of Jesus that can open the eyes to truth. And the truth is what we are to preach. So when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, you know, God wants to encourage. God has a plan. God has a purpose. How do we move from uh, isolation to information to spectating? What what, what does God do? How do we change as Christians? How do we differ from, from the outside world? What's in us? that they don't have. And that is what, what I touched on this morning. That's, that's God's light. How can God's light impact us? What does that mean? Thomas touched on it last week. Um, he was talking about the creation story in Genesis 1. And I was like, I had this sort of in my head where it was going. And I was going, oh, he's going to mention this. I'm going to have to change my sermon for this week. But he he skipped over it a little. So uh, that's what I want to touch on this morning. He touched on the creation story in Genesis 1 when he said, God said, uh, when God said, let there be light and there was light. That's what I want to touch on, that word light this morning and what it means. See, if you read on from verse 3, it goes on to say that God saw the light and the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. This was the first day of creation. Light as we know it, as we know it, comes from the sun and the moon, but that didn't appear until day four. So that just got me thinking about what does God say when he says light? When he says that word light, he's talking about the light that radiated from himself. It's that light that permeated all of creation. And for me, I sort of get that that permeated. That's where we get that impartation from. So, right? <laughs> Can I have permission to gig out? Yeah, yeah. Can I have? Right, I'm going to geek out a wee bit because one of my passions is Hebrew. Now, I'm not a Hebrew scholar, it's, I just have a passion for it, uh, and, and when, you, when you start to dive into this, oh, it just fills my, it fills my tank. I just love hearing about what God meant. Obviously, it's the first language the Bible was wrote in, but um, right, let's geek out a wee bit. Okay, so if we put the wee slide up, uh, the next one. I have to reference my notes here because I have to make sure. One, I'm either going to say the pronunciation wrong or I'm going to say the the word in the wrong order. Everybody knows the Hebrew language goes from right to left. Does everybody know that? No? Well, in that, the Hebrew language goes from right to left. There's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And this is the word light. And what I've got up here is... Actually, the like ancient pictorial Hebrew. That's the first. That's the first uh, the way that uh, languages was was recorded. It was in, in, in a picture form. So the word for light uh, for Hebrew, it's pronounced or. And this is spelt aleph, vav, and resh. So that's going from from right to left. And I just love. In that context with the with the with the old old Hebrew language, they have so many names for each different letter and then each letter puts together to get a word. You know, we understand there's so many different translations out there, isn't there? NIV, Passion, Message, all these different and it's people that are, are, are translating them uh, with with us from a certain stance. But uh, it's important to go back to where it all began, and that's why I love uh, pictorial Hebrew. It's just, it's just so fascinating. So just to give you a little heads up, so not the, the first letter there is Aleph. It looks like an ox. And what that re- represents is an ox, strong leader, or the first. The Vav, which is the second letter, looks like a little Y there. That's a nail, or to attach, to secure to establish, to add to. And then the last letter is resh. And that's the head, or the person, the highest or chief. So you're saying, well, how do we get light from that? So in the Old Hebrew, you would translate that into, light is the first established by the Most High. So you have aleph, which is God. And you have the vav, which is to establish, and the resh, which is, which is the most high, which is, if you put, sort of put them in pictures, because I like pictures, you have aleph, which is the ox, which is God, and resh, which is Jesus, he's the head, and you put them together, and it's so fascinating, but with, with Hebrew language, if you go back to that slide again, with the Hebrew Language, is you have the word uh, with the valve in in between, which is a, like an intensifier you actually take there 's a root word behind that it 's like it 's where the word comes from so if you put the aleph and the rest together what that means what that means is um, light is the first established by the most high, but if you remove the valve it's actually, it 's it, actually it comes in as bringing divine order to chaos. So when you put that word together, those three simple letters, it comes. Light is first, established by the Most High, bringing divine order to chaos. To, divine order to chaos. Thomas touched on that last week, about how we're, how we're called to bring uh, order to chaos in this. It's been God's plan from the start. Uh, you know, that's amazing how much information you can get just from that. I Honestly, I've probably only been studying it for about the last two years, and I know I probably haven't done it justice, but it uh, just gives you a little insight into why we have so many words and, uh, and what, what God was meaning from the, from the, from the start. Uh, another little thing just about the, the alphabet and, the, and the, Hebrew, the Hebrew alphabet, which is actually the second letter is bet. That's where we get alphabet from. But what's the first letter that's in the Bible? What would you think bet there Raymond knows this Hebrew you know you would literally think you'd think you would start the first letter of the Bible with Aleph with God, but it's not because he was already there, so he's starting the he's starting to, the 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 first word in the Bible is the second letter, and this bet bet blows me away bet is a picture of a tent or a dwelling place, and even if you just just take that as the picture as it is. God's first design was He wanted a family, He wanted a dwelling place on earth for the rest of the people. So, there, oh, there's so much in it. But, right, I'm, I'm, I'm losing some of you. So, <laughs> in my head, that made sense. But I, I, it's just a joy just to, to, to look at this word and, and where it comes from. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> when we look at that, that scripture in Genesis 1. My favourite book in the Bible is John. Uh, why? Because John, John was one of the, one of the disciples that was with Jesus. But but John didn't write his gospel until a few uh, many years later. And I just think about that because he had loads of time with the Holy Spirit. He had loads of time meditating on what God had been saying, what God had been doing. And I, my favourite verse in the whole whole Bible is is, is John John one one to five. You know, let me let me read that. In the beginning was the Word. You know, we've covered that. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was Resh. In the beginning was the Prince. In the beginning was Jesus. And the Word was God. Jesus was with God. And the Word was God. It's just that divine order. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made. In him was the life, and the life, and the light of man. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. It's a powerful scripture, powerful scripture. You see, we can have all the knowledge in the world, that is, knowing facts and truths and information, but wisdom, wisdom is the ability to use the knowledge in a practical and intelligent way. And that's why when we have God's light, we can go from isolation to family, from information to transformation. And we can go from spectating to participating when we have that. As I say I mentioned I love cooking and, and one way one way I wanted to put this across was like if have any of you seen the Master Chef Professionals, the the programme? there's a cooking program, absolutely love it. They bring in the professionals, they bring them in, and they do what's known as a, a, I think it's like the, is it recipe test, or basically, these are well-trained chefs, they do it day in, day out, and they bring them in their room, and they say, right, they put all these ingredients on the table, and they say that, let's make carbonara, or something like that, but they're, they're, they're crafty. They throw in like garlic and they throw cream and stuff and all in. And you see these chefs, and they, they give them a, a time limit, and they have to. They just say make carbonara, and they have to know use their knowledge, what they've learned in in their day to day walk, and try and make this recipe. And some of them crumble. Some of them make the wrong thing. Some of them add the cream and stuff because like does everybody know carbonara sauce is just egg yolk and and parmesan cheese? Does people, any cooks know that <laughs> there's no cream in it. <laughs> But that's the thing. You see, we use things that are there, and we don't filter out as we talked about that information. But the, the reason that people that do get it right is because they know. They know what they're making. They know what the recipe is like. They know what it should taste like, and they know all the ingredients that make it a true carbonara. And that, that's sort of like, uh, that brings me to Psalm 34. David wrote this. It's a wonderful psalm. Um, it's where David's boasting about being in God, where he's boasting, of, he's continually praising God for, for the grace, for the salvation that he's received and, and that mankind, mankind is going to receive. And that psalm is oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You see, taste is an experience, and seeing is perception. Did you get that? Let me say that again. Taste is an experience, and seeing is per- perception. What we experience in God will always affect how and, and what we see. And that's my question as I as 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 start to wrap this up. How do we experience God in our day-to-day life? What do we see? What does the world outside see? You know sometimes we do need a little bit of help that 's why we have community that 's why we come together. we can have our own relationship with God, but sometimes we can there 's a lot there 's a lot of information to process isn 't there in this book <laughs> you know, it 's a, it's a lifetime and a lifetime of 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 reading and asking questions and and seeking God, asking the Holy Spirit for revelation and stuff but you know that 's the importance of why why we come to church because Churches have been established. And in this church, we have um, we have some core values. Does anybody know that the 10 core values in this church? This is a quiz. <laughs> you get a prize if you shout any out. <laughs> any guesses? No, I'll go easy on you. Let's put up the core values. <laughs> so the 10 core values are, Seek, his, seek first his kingdom, a priesthood of all believers, a culture of honor, impacting the community, a prophetic voice to Ireland, focused on his presence. God's word transforms. God is good. His kingdom is advancing and creating healthy families. You see, God wants you. He's all about gathering his children. He's all about transforming us so we we no no longer live in the chaos of this world. Remember, it's what God wants to impart from the start. It's that light. It's that divine order, to chaos in our lives. Why? Because we're in relationship with Him. And as I mentioned earlier, what we experience in God will always affect what and how we see God. The church is here to help with that. So from this core values, it just struck me, I'm going to look at impacting the community. Because as I mentioned before, we're moving into outreach. We're moving into a time where we can be generous in this in this community, where we can reach out, where we can uh, show people the light of God. And what God imparted and has imparted into this world with the divine order and the from chaos, that light, that light of God, that's actually in us. If you're born again today, that light of God is in you. That, that, that divine order is in you. We have that that we can lean on. How? Because we have the information, the transformation that God has given us. We have the Holy Spirit that can search out these things and, and help and guide us as we, as we walk through this, this time on earth. You know, the scripture reference for our core value on impact in the community is from Matthew 5, and it's it's summarized uh, on our website if you want to go and check up on them, do some homework. (laughs) We are the light of the world, as Jesus said in Matthew 5. This means building strong relationships with those around us, reaching the lost through evangelism, and planting churches. I was looking up um, the actual scripture in Matthew 5, and uh, I found it in the message version, and it just hit home so much. You know, we were talking about different versions and how people translate, but the, the message is the message what it is. The design of the message is we've got a message, so you need to go out and, uh, and, and preach it. So let me read that to you. This is Matthew five, fourteen to 16 in the message. Here's another way to put it. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We are going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you do not think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Know that I've put you here on a hilltop on a light stand, shine, keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous father in heaven. You see, we as a church we're individuals and we've been commissioned with this. We've been commissioned to bring people from isolation to family. Through information that leads to transformation and to go from spectating to participate in in the family and the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. I just love that. In that scripture, it says we're we're to be light bearers, where we're to shine and reflect the goodness of God with the world, where we have to bring that divine order into chaos, where we have have to mirror Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit and how we can reflect God in this town and in this county and, and for this land. If you put up the last little slide, I can't. I've completely forgot the name of this chart, anyway. But it, it, it shows you the differences when we reference back to light pollution. You know what you can see in an inner city, in the suburbs, in the rural. It, it it shows you the impact that light pollution can have. But I'm just using this like as a metaphor. You know, this can be like spiritual blindness. This can be like people that haven't, don't know God, can't see the goodness, don't, don't understand what the promises are. And that, you know, they're on the, end of this, on the end of this spectrum. But, you know, Thomas touched on it this morning there. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't have that connection with God. You know, in that scripture, it says that the unbeliever has a veiled face. That means they can't see the goodness of God. They can't see the, the power and the anointing that comes with these words when we, when, when we impart them into our lives. But praise God when you're saved, when you give yourself to the Lord, when you're born again, when you're made a new creation, whatever way you want to describe that when that, when that happens, it's just truly amazing. This, this is what it means to be alive in Christ. You can take a step of faith today. You can take a step of faith today and believe in the good news. That's the gospel. That's what we're called called to, call to share. And that's my encouragement. That's my encouragement for this whole thing. It's just just to to build us up knowing that we have that in us. We have the ability to reach out to this community. We have the ability to... To reach out to God for ourselves. Now, I've used this uh, light pollution as a as a metaphor, but how how many know if there's loads and loads of clouds in the sky, you're never gonna you're never gonna see the you're never gonna see the stars. And I liken that to you know stuff that happens in our day to day life, where we have we have the 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 clouds in the sky, and you know someone says, look at can you see the stars? I can't see the stars. It's full of the cloud's there. How can I see through it? What's going on in my life what that's preventing me from seeing God? And, so, and often they're just natural occurrences. It can be anything that we come in our day-to-day life. But the Bible says seeing is, uh, believing is not seeing. It's having faith in God. You know, if you're not experiencing or seeing the promises of God, can I encourage you, get into this word. The Bible says, uh, don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And we need that. We need, we need His word. We need that revelation. Mark 4 say, says, uh, Jesus said to them, to you has, it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God but to those who are outside, not in relationship isolated from God, all things come in parables. But it says for us as Christians, we're to search them out. So as I mentioned, maybe you're here this morning and you're looking up at the night sky and you can't see the sky because of the polluted, pollutedness, the storms that are raging in your life, or the situations or circumstances that are distracting you from God, where chaos or doubt is hindering you from this walk. This is not the plan of God for your life. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Now if you don't mind, as we close here, i just going to get a bit personal because me and my relationship with God, people started to reach out for me to, for the gospel. I went to a meeting, and the Holy Spirit was convicting me. He was calling me to be part of a family, but I was just ignorant. I was ignorant of the fact that I needed help. I was ignorant of the fact of God. I was blinded. There was a call for for those to give their their lives to the Lord, (laughs) and I'll tell you now, it's not a lie. I sat in my hands. I sat in my hands, just scared. Just scared to give all my mess over to God, but I did. I went from isolation in the family, and then I watched my life as we walked out life. Me and my wife, we've been on a fertility journey for twenty-two years. We're praying and believing for our children. We haven't seen it come, but we stand on God's promise. See that information went from transformation. Before I was a Christian, I struggled. I struggled with alcohol, I struggled with drugs. I struggled with those things in life that the world says, this is how you fix things. I was far from God, but we're walking with the Lord now. We're transformed. We're transformed and we've went from isolation to family. We went from information to transformation. And now that we've went from spectating to participating. And that's, the, and that's the main thing. The main thing, God wants a relationship with each and every one of us. He wants to see your lives transformed. He wants to see you move from, Bible says, from glory to glory to glory. So as we stand and we, 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 we close today. Stan, I just want to close in prayer. Father God, we just thank you for your presence here this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord, that your plan and purpose from the beginning, your first words out of your mouth were, light light be. That you bring the order from the chaos. So, Father, would you, would you, impart that to us, just even as we close, as we open up our hearts to receive what you have to say and speak over us. Father, would your light shine into us? Even for, for that person this, this morning that, that that felt that calling to come into family. Lord, we pray for, for them, Lord, that the light of God would shine in their hearts, that there would be that move from the information to the transformation in the heart. For those that are facing any challenges, any fears, where there's doubt or speculation in an area of their life, Lord, would you just reveal that divine order? Would you reveal that revelation? And for us as a church, Lord, would you just equip us and encourage us that we don't need to put on a show. We don't need to be somebody that we're not. We just need to be us and mirror Christ out in our local community to see this town and this land reach for Christ where we can open the eyes of the blind, see people healed, set free. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.